Happy Advent, Abiding Together podcast listeners. I'm here to talk about this week's sponsor, Project Light Ministries. And so Project Light Ministry creates resources that are designed to create space and starting points for conversations that matter. They use the power of storytelling on film. And y'all, these films are stunning. The aim of creating these films is helping others create a safe space where individuals can sit and find the courage to tell their story. A space that would confront the uncomfortable. They talk about the hard things. They talk about the things that you don't want to bring into the light. Some of the people would say it's taboo, but it's not taboo. We, as a church, have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and have to extend invitations to start having these crucial conversations. And what Project Light Ministries does is they've created tools that inspire us to have these crucial conversations. And they've created tools to create safe spaces to make these conversations seem attainable for each of us to have. You can find the amazing films as of a DVD and digital download at projectlightministries.com and enter the code ABIDE10 for 10% off of the DVD bundle, which includes a copy of both Speaking to Sparrows, which Sister Miriam is in, and The Fourth Man, which my cute husband is in. So go ahead and check that out with Project Light Ministries, and we are so excited they would sponsor our podcast this week. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Season 8 of the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and each and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Bensinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and sharing all kinds of things together. Our walk with Jesus, our insights, the lessons we are still learning, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. You can find out more information about all of our episodes at abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast and welcome to part three of our Advent series on Mary. So if you joined us for our first episode, we talked about Mary's fiat. Our second episode, we talked about the womb of Mary. And this week, we're going to talk about her warrior heart, the heart of Mary. And I think you're really going to love this uh, in a lot of different ways. But uh, before we dive into that, Heather and Michelle, we've been having a lengthy conversation as we always do. About, <laughs> about all the things. About everything. About all the, the things, things you can possibly yeah. imagine. Yeah. So Heather, how are you? Yeah. Well, it's so hard. Yeah, it's so hard because we don't usually get a chance to connect other than when we have a scheduled recording or something. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, there's 18 topics that have come up in the last two weeks yes. that we have to talk mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. which I love. So if only we could be in person. That's always my heart's mm-hmm. desire. But I am happy for this. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take Skype mm-hmm. any day of the week mm-hmm. instead of nothing. So good to see you. Michelle, how are you? I'm good. I didn't tell you when we were talking. You know that it was an old um, game show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. I am in the middle of <laughs> Found every, that out last night. <laughs> I'm in the middle of every fifth grade school project that needs to be do- done. And mm. I've already gone through fifth grade, but obviously mm-hmm. my fifth grader doesn't care. So I meant to tell you that I need help with the Explorers report that I'm doing right now, ladies. <laughs> it's due on Friday. <laughs> an Explorers report. <laughs> so I can tell you everything about Magellan, Columbus, and everything else right now and so awesome. but this is what we have to do <laughs> why'd they do an episode on christopher columbus it was so weird like, <laughs> so, it was weird. like yeah, so exactly. outside of their genre usually <laughs> i 
know. And then I'm like, I don't remember any of these facts. And I want to be like, you will not use this in later life. But, you yeah. know, that's not. No, you know, yeah, no, yeah. we can't do that. It's good just so, to learn. But it's good. good it is. Yeah. So much fun. Sister, how are you? Mm-hmm. Doing, I'm doing well. I had a little retreat, a little personal retreat up in a lovely home in Austin that some people let us stay at when they're out of town. And it was very nice out in the Austin countryside. And I took myself to the art museum one day and did a lot of walking and a lot of praying and just a lot of just being, which was really nice. Yeah. Mm. I love that. You look you. all refreshed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes a girl just has to be outside. You know, you guys, I knew, mm-hmm. you know how much I love being outside. I was outside at all times as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. But it's so, <laughs> so important. I mean, that practice, you you both have been very good at that, of making like regular retreat times or times to get away. Michelle, you just went away with your husband, Chris, for an overnight. I did. Yeah, which is I did. so awesome that you've been making mm-hmm. time to do that. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. We try to do it once a quarter every three months. So, yeah, it's all good. It's worth it, isn't it, when we can have a chance to to make that time, make that change, as Michael Jackson would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do that, too. Is that this our is guiding quote for people? this episode? Happy Michael, Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson, make that change. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> Well, we're going to use, we got a lot of great stuff for you today, but we're going to use a scripture passage from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, and then also a little quote from G.K. Chesterton, which we may have kind of hinted at before. But we're going to use the the scripture passage from Luke where Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple, and Simeon prophesies over Jesus and, and you know, just it t- talks about who he is, and then he prophesies over Mary. And in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 34 Right before that, the ch- it says the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the hearts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. (laughs) A sword will pierce your own soul. And we've talked about Our Lady of Sorrows and we talked about just her different aspects of her heart, but we want to talk about the warrior heart of our mother. And there's a lovely poem that G.K. Chesterton wrote. We may have, like I said, we may have alluded to it before, but it's called The Ballad of the White Horse. And in this beautiful poem, he he speaks about Our Lady, and I'm just going to read this quote to you, and then we're going to kind of jump off in our discussion from there. And G.K. Chesterton writes this. He says, One instant in a still light, he saw Our Lady then. Her dress was soft as the western sky, and she was a queen most womanly, and she was the queen of men. Over the iron forest, he saw Our Lady stand. Her eyes were sad without art, and seven swords were in her heart but one was in her hand. (laughs) Yes. So Heather, what what kind of stirs in your heart as we talk about those prophecies and the sword and her heart and the the mama's heart of Mary? What's what's stirring in your beautiful heart right now as we talk about these things? Mm. Yeah, I think so often we are always looking for models or quotes or people to look to as an example. And it's easy for us to like look at a sports person or look at, you know, whatever, some kind of person out there on the internet that we find a quote from and hold them up as a model. But sometimes we have a disconnect with our spiritual family and the saints and with Our Lady. But Our Lady is the mother of God. What better model can we look to, to learn from? And she's worth looking to and learning from. So to begin to like dive into her life and the things that she did and the things that she said, but more importantly, what we're talking about here is like how she carried herself, how she used her strength. And there is strength in suffering that only those who have deeply suffered know. 
that when you suffer for a greater good, there's something so incredibly powerful about that. And that's the thing that has drawn me to her over and over and over again. My relationship with Our Lady hasn't been easy, not that I'm resistant to it, but it just hasn't come as naturally. Like my mom has a deep devotion to Our Lady, always has since she, she was a little girl. Mine has been like a slow growing over many years, but the thing that continually draws me to her is how strong she was over and over and over again. Her strength in saying yes when she was so young and that would have been so scary and there was all the unknowns when she just like gave this big, huge yes and her strength in knowing that her son was going to suffer and she said yes. Her strength in like going through all of these stages to be there, to be present, to not run away in the midst of Mm -hmm. sorrow and suffering. Like she stayed. And that has been a, a huge lesson for me in the most recent years of my life. Like, don't run away from the things that you're suffering in. You never Mm. know what good God has in store or when restoration might be right around the corner and something could Mm. drastically change. Yeah, her strength is something I so desire, especially as a mother and a woman. Mm -hmm. How about you, Michelle? Yeah, this is probably one of my favorites in the series because, one, Chesterton based that poem off of when he read Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. And so he based it off of the characters of Lord of the Rings when he sees, okay, how do you say her name when she's fighting the witch king? Eowyn. Thank you. (laughs) I always get the elvish names wrong. I get all the names wrong. Anyway, let's be honest. So, but I loved that because when he is, when she is fighting him, you know, like, but I was really thinking about the woman with a sword. Like there's something mm-hmm. about that. In the beginning of COVID, when we all went on like three to four walks a day. And so, I mean, I still go on two walks a day, but you know, when you're like logging about three or four walks a day, I remember walking and praying and thinking about like, what does it look like for women to wield their swords? What does it look like for women to have strength, but yet tenderness and pure femininity, but yet still fight for those that we loved. And, you know, we call the word of God, the sword of the spirit. So I was really praying about that. And this is one that I really felt like was an invitation for the Holy Spirit just to get deeper into the word of God, you know, and really learn how to wield our swords. And I remember thinking to it, okay, Lord, what does this even look like? And I really felt like the Holy Spirit was just whispering to my heart. He said, I want a generation of women that know how to wield swords. Mm. And I was like, Lord, how's that happening? I really felt like you're saying, first thing is put down their phones and stop scrolling (laughs) and actually pick up a Bible. (laughs) But really to know the word of God and have it like saturate us Mm -hmm. and have it saturate us. It is. I really feel like that the Lord really wants women to have a sword of the spirit. And on the other hand, I think he wants them to have a paintbrush to create something, to create beauty in both of their hands. There's no room for a phone. But I think that is the power of femininity. And that is the power of, you know, Mary as warrior mother. And it got me thinking, sorry, I'm going a little other tangent, but Girl, really, go. this is, Come this on is now. Michelle's little thought process. Come on, you go ahead. Um, but it got me thinking in the beginning of Genesis, he said, you know, I'll put enmity between her and her offspring. We were public enemy number one from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking, no one launches a full scale attack against something that is not considered a threat or that needs to make a difference. No one says, I'm going to take you out. You don't take something out that is insignificant. You take something out because it's powerful. Mm -hmm. You take something out because we are life givers. And, you know, like there's that quote, like the future is female. The future is female and male. It's not one or the other. It's both coming into their restored fullness. Mm -hmm. And so when we ask the question, our doctor series, what is restored femininity to look like? I think this is one of the areas is restored femininity to really learn how to fight well and fight for others in a purely feminine way, not Mm -hmm. manipulation, 
not bitterness, but learn how to fight in a feminine and with a feminine genius. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, mm-hmm. sister? Well, be, before we go on that, because we were just talking about that of how one of you said, and I can't remember, <laughs> of how a woman when a woman fights, she fights for people that she loves. To protect. A woman doesn't usually fight for territory or power. That's not usually her greatest concern. She will fight in response to defend and protect those who she loves. Uh, so can we just, let's just talk about that a little bit. So Michelle, you want to kind of pick up on that? Yeah, even think about it. Like when we used to live up in the North Georgia mountains, what are the one thing that you had to be aware of? A mama bear and a cub. Like you do not mm-hmm. get in between. Like we had to literally train our kids. If you see a cub, go away because that means the mama bear is close to it and you never get in between a mama bear and her cub because they are the most dangerous bears that you will go after. So isn't that how Mother Mary is to us? Like we are her children and she will come after you. And then I think about it to herself as those of us that are our mothers, whether physical or spiritual, but those of us that are mothers, I think about her standing at the cross and I think about her watching Jesus suffer Mary. And I love that scene in the passion where she is watching him and remembering him as a little boy. I mean, and it wrecks me because I think oh, yes. with women, mm-hmm. we don't have like Achilles heel. We have Achilles heart and our children mm-hmm. are the, our hearts. I, it mm-hmm. still makes me tear up. The stronger person, I'm sure Jesus suffering. I'm not taking away Jesus suffering, but Mary suffering just to sit there and watch someone else suffer. Like any mother would take the place. Any mother would say, yeah. let me just take it for you, mm-hmm. you know, and we often do, but she mm-hmm. does. She fights for us. Mm-hmm. So sister, what are your thoughts? And she, yes, and she does, and she fights as a woman. Yes, and that's the beautiful thing. Like John Paul II, when he's talking about his, I think his letter to women, he talks about women. You know, go into any work you want to, but go into it as a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bring your feminine genius. Bring the gift of your vulnerability and your foresight and your attentiveness to the person, and your fidelity and your steadfastness and your constancy and your kindness and your gen- bring that because whatever it is, the world needs that. <laughs> the world needs you. And I was thinking of I. During my retreat when I was in Austin, I, I finished the book by Mother Mary Francis, The Cause of Our Joy. I finished that book, and there were parts of that that just I sat and sobbed over. And I think one of the parts that really affected me probably the most out of any of that whole book was the section where Mother Mary Francis illumines how Mary comes and she attends to us in a steadfast way, and and she doesn't leave us. Mm-hmm. And she, Mother Mary Francis made this great point. She said, every single one of us, every single one of us on the face of the earth will have something spiritual, physical, or mental that we will suffer with our entire life. It will be something that we will wrestle with our entire life. And it will be like the St. Paul, like that thorn in our side that we we heal from, but that it's something that we will wrestle with. And she said, and Mary is there with us every step. Oh, she's with us every step of the way. Mm-hmm. She... She's not disgusted by our weakness or these areas of our hearts that we still struggle with. She, she's just, <laughs> she's with us and she's not in a hurry. She, and she's just so kind. She's not like condescending to us or dismissive or you know, pietistical. She just is with us in it, with us. And I, that kind of love and that kind of acceptance and that kind of forbearance and a tender open heart, I, you know, how can you resist that? And that's, that's the feminine genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. And she literally watched the most horrific thing happen and it be also turned upside down. 
she also witnessed the resurrection. She also witnessed mm-hmm. all the good that came. So she believes that for us too. Like she's a champion of that for us as well, that God can bring good out of anything he could restore, anything that seems completely lost. Her steadfastness and laser mm-hmm. focus on the kingdom and God's will being accomplished is unbelievable to me like mm-hmm. like truly only by the grace of god can that happen but that we all can learn from that and live into that like that's what i i hope that i i only can hope that i can have that kind of focus on the kingdom that i'm willing to suffer because i know that what is coming is great like her being at the mm-hmm. foot of the cross watching jesus die she knew that there was a purpose even though Everything in her would want to take his place or cry out, all of that stuff Mm -hmm. that would be so natural for anybody. But that she was laser focused on the bigger picture and being submitted to the will of God. So she had this incredible strength, but it was strength submitted under the will of God. It wasn't a strength that she went out on her own and did her own thing. Um, It was always submitted under the sovereignty and the will of God which I think is Mm -hmm. incredibly important for all of us. I think that we can get lost in fighting small stories and small battles, things (sighs) that God doesn't intend for us. And I actually think that the enemy does uh, distract us by that, you know, give us something that that is good, you know, to to fight for or whatever, but we can become very, very distracted from the bigger fight that might be there and needing us, needing our strength, needing our presence, uh, needing our maternal hearts. And like you said, no matter where we are, whether we're physical mothers or not, that that is part of the feminine genius that we bring uh, to situations. Mm -hmm. And I think to her, and I'd like to her right now, like Mary, one, most like to allow her to come and mother me, but also Mm -hmm. for her to teach me as a mother to mother, you know, whether we're physical or spiritual mothers. And for me, like one of the things I've really just been intentionally working on both in like spiritual direction and counseling is just like hypervigilance. Like I'm very hyper, like, let me take care of this. Let me take care of this Mm -hmm. because just the atmosphere for me growing up was very chaotic. And Mm -hmm. so it was always one of those where the other shoe could drop. So, but if I was around, I could make sure the other shoe wouldn't drop, like, or I could make sure other people wouldn't fall or I, and just how that translates in my grown-up life right now. And just watching Mary, where Simeon prophesied this over her, like thinking, tells her these things about her child. She could go, she could have gone and like, let me just, you know, huddle him up, make sure nothing happens, you know, make sure all this, you know, let me keep him safe. And she she knew that God's sovereignty was bigger than his safety, like that she was safe in the will of God. That really was the most Mm -hmm. secure place. But she surrendered to that. And, and so she had to be able to take that position of full surrender and not trying to control a situation where I, you know, for my biggest thing is like, okay, scoot over Holy Spirit. Let me show you how to do the job. You know, like (laughs) this is how I am, but like realize, but going deeper, why do I want to control the situation? Why do Mm -hmm. I want to, like, it's not because I wouldn't say like, um, it's not an intention to be manipulative or anything like that. It's an intention. Like, I don't want people to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the other shoe to drop. But really, it brings up my trust issues with the Lord. Do mm-hmm. I trust the Lord to be who He says He is? And do I trust other people to allow them to go through their process? Like I've said mm-hmm. a couple of times, I like to think I almost make things too comfortable for people and a lot of Emmett because mm-hmm. I want to make sure they're okay and do that. And part of it's generous, mm-hmm. but other part is not. You know, mm-hmm. the other part innate, it really disables them from growing and being the people mm-hmm. they're called to be. Oh, that's so true. Oh, that's so true. And I, I, I certainly, my own journey can relate to the hypervigilance and that, like that, that 
the disposition of people pleasing or trying to, you know, disassemble certain situations or diffuse them before things boil over. Like I can totally understand that from my own childhood. I'm just thinking that the same thing. And I, the, the, like, I think we talked about this before, but the surrendering of control and the surrendering of responsibility for other people's behaviors, right? So then we can be safe in the will of God and we can be responsible for what we're supposed to be responsible for. Because if I'm trying to be responsible for what you were supposed to be, it's like nobody's responsible for anything, right? And there's all this and all this overreach. And I was thinking of like this Our Lady of how we were speaking about her womanly heart and of how she suffers and how she walks with the Lord and how she brings the church into the resurrection. And she does it all without bitterness, mm-hmm. without bitterness. And I remember Bob, you know, Bob shoots, you know, we all love Bob and, you know, he's such a great mentor to me. And one time I was telling him a situation that in my life that I was like, just trying to quote unquote, get over, you know, we all have these things left. I just need to get over it. And I used something, I used a similar terminology, but I hid it under like this kind of verbiage. And he, he looked at me and he smiled and he says, it sounds like you haven't received that situation. It sounds like you're resigned to it. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you know, like the places where, yeah, like Jesus, please, please open my heart as a woman so I can accept and receive you, not just to be quote unquote resigned and just to tough it out here. Like, what are you trying to open in my womanly heart? So the response, like you're both saying, is vulnerability and strength versus resignation Mm -hmm. or control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd look at Our Lady too and how if I knew, and this is how I often operate in life, when I know there's pain or there's going to be pain, I want to detach. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to sort of mm-hmm. put up a wall or a barrier. It's like, uh, I don't want to be hurt. Natural human tendency. But we don't see that in Our Lady. That That's like Gosh, her yeah. full yes. Her her yes was yes to everything, even though she didn't even know the extent of what she was saying yes to. But she she did know. She knew the prophecies. She knew. She, she knew them well. She knew all the scriptures well of what was to come. But of course, she couldn't be prepared for it all. But she said yes to it all. And she wasn't, she was so deeply bonded to Jesus, you know, she gave her whole heart to him and she didn't put up these walls of self-protection, which, gosh, I think for myself, but for women all. in general, yeah. we do that Ooh. so often. We we have these walls of self-protection. I think what's so inspiring about her is that she knew that he had a father, like mm-hmm. God the Father was involved in this. The Holy Spirit, her spouse, was involved in this whole thing. I think often, yeah, our world is too small. We look at ourselves and our spouse or our community or or whatever our situation is. And we think that that's it, you know, but I've, I've often had to surrender, yeah, my children to God, the father and say like, I need you to father them in a way that we, we can't, you know, like they do belong to you. Mm-hmm. There is this sort of like, like you said, it's not like a resignation, but it's, it's a open handedness yes. with everything that God yes. gives and God takes away mm-hmm. and a trust that, that he is about good things in the end you know, even if we don't see it here mm-hmm. and now. And I think Mary is offering us now, like really like to pray for her intercession and what invitation she's asking each and every one of us. Like, how do you want her to fight for you? You know, like Mary, I need you yeah. to fight for me in this area. We see these statues of this beautiful woman and this, you know, like robe gown with a veil, but she's crushing a snake under her feet. And we kind of ignore that whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. okay, like we should stop. Like, okay, hold on. She's bare feet. Ooh, she doesn't even have shoes on half the time. And she's 
you know, crushing a snake. Yuck. But that is the power of her. Like she will fight and she will fight for us. And she is the mama bear. Like she's totally the mama bear. Like, and she wants to snatch you out of whatever snare that you're in. Like, and she's Mm -hmm. inviting us to that. Mm -hmm. And I loved that, like even how Chesterton wrote this poem when he was writing it, you know, and he was so inspired by this beautiful scene from Lord of the Rings when she was fighting the witch king. And he said, you know, what man dares to fight, you know, and she pulls off her helmet because she's, you know, snuck in there to be a soldier to fight. And the reason why she was fighting was to what, to save her uncle or her father? Her uncle. Her uncle yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can see her beautiful blonde hair. It even tells it in the story, like in the novel, so beautifully. But she was completely tender and, mm-hmm. but yet completely fierce. And that's how she mm-hmm. is, you know? And she said, you know, I am no man. I am a woman. And I think it was just such a beautiful way. But And then she ends up killing the witch king, but only because he was going to do those that she loved harm. Yeah. But she would, st- you know, she stood between her uncle and harm. And that is how Mary mm-hmm. wants to be for us. She wants to stand in between and be an intercessor, you know, mm-hmm. to be that intercessor for us to pray. Let me... And I think that's the invitation. She's inviting us to ask. She's a mediatrix. She doesn't take the place of Jesus, but she does want to mother us mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think for each and every one of us, she wants to mother us in a way that she hasn't before. And she's extending that invitation of grace to each of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I think she, we have to move beyond her just being a statue in our life and encounter mm-hmm. her as a real person. I loved uh, our conversation with Father Justin Brady in previous podcasts. For those of you who haven't listened, I would encourage you to to look him up in our previous podcasts on our website. But in my conversations with him, he's an exorcist. And often, you know, you hear stories and they're very, I don't know, that I don't know what the, what the word is, but um, they focus a lot on how powerful the enemy is. And I remember talking to Father Justin saying, what's the biggest thing that you've learned in everything that you've been doing in exorcism? And he just got this big smile on his face and he said, it's all true. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, Our Lady, how powerful she is, the rosary, the power of a cross around your neck, blessed things, holy water. He said, it's all true. And he just, he just let this laugh out. And I was like, oh my gosh. And there was something in my heart. There was like a little excitement in my heart. Like, it's really true. And I, I think we have to go there into those places and go, where do I sort of not believe that this is true? That Mary is mm-hmm. just a statue or Jesus is just this figure, you know, in the Bible or whatever. And how can I welcome them into my heart, especially during this Advent season? How can I make a home for them in my own spiritual life and in my heart where they are real and where I experience the power that they wield? Because this is all Mm -hmm. given to us by God. Like God gave Our Lady to us as a gift that she can be a powerful warrior in our own life, that she does actually crush the head of the serpent. This is just in his plan that this is set up Mm -hmm. this way. And how can she do that in your own life? Because I can tell you all Mm -hmm. kinds of serpents Mm -hmm. that need to be crushed in mine right now. Ah, This is so good. Yeah. And and that's true. That's the beautiful thing that it's all true and that it's happening now. And I think that's, like we said, you know, the, what, what the Lord is drawing us into is the eternal, the, the eternal reality where He is triumphant. The, the resurrection is for all time. It, it's eternal. And the suffering in our life is temporary. It, it is temporary. It's passing. The, the, the crucifixion isn't forever. The resurrection is. That's the last say. 
So in our life, you know, especially as like the darkness comes in the, in December and it just, you know, we look at our life a year ago, we've started a new liturgical season and, and who would have thought this last liturgical year and this last calendar year would have held so much. And I, I wonder for each one of us, and I, I know I, I just, I love what you both are saying here, you know, where just like Jesus, we hear him so often when he meets people that he is so gentle and so considerate of another heart. And he'll ask, you know, what do you want me to do for you? you know, and I wonder maybe this Advent, dear friends, you know, Mary says the same thing to us because they have shared the same heart and she's looking at us and she's saying, my son, my daughter, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> like, what, what do you, what, what serpent do you want me to crush or what, what do you want me to ensnare you for, or, you know, to, to pull you out of a snare or what, what knot do you want me to untie for you? Like what, and would you let me take care of your heart? Would, would you let me do that and continue to surrender over and over and over again when you want to take it back for yourself? Would you, would you let me do that for you? I just, how gracious. What a thing to mm -hmm. think of. And to restore our image of mother, you know, whether it yes. be the way that we live out our own motherhood for those of us who are mothers in any capacity, but also for those of us who had mothers that weren't great. You know, that there's yeah. restoration that can occur there. Like when Jesus gives his mother to us, there's a reason for, there's many reasons for that. But I think that this is definitely one that a lot of people um, have the opportunity to press into mm -hmm. this gift of her motherhood. Mm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. 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 That's a lot to ponder and chew on. I know I'm going to walk away from our conversation today and certainly spend some more time with this myself. So... Well, so my dear friends, uh, as we kind of let that settle in our hearts, Michelle, would you like to share your one thing with our audience today? My one things are actually two different books by young Catholic women authors. Mm. And I just am Yay. so excited about this because I really could say like 10 years ago when people asked me, hey, do you have any recommendations for really some good Catholic women? And there'd be a few and far, I mean... Uh, there'd be the great saints like Teresa of Avila, Catherine of Siena, you know, Therese of Lisieux, but modern day people like that mm -hmm. we actually knew. Mm -hmm. And so now I can say, yes, there is so many. Let me tell you all about them. And so one is In Full Bloom by Claire Swaronski that does uh, The Catholic Feminist. And it mm -hmm. is so good. I am just so proud of Claire. Like she is not only writing these, she's writing fiction for young adults too, oh, which awesome. I think is our, I just love that. And then another one is called Rekindled and it by Mallory Smith, and it is also so good. It's just amazing, her journey back into the Catholic Church. And so mm -hmm. both of them are really great. They're both really great uh, young women, young moms. And yeah, I just love that we have these options, you know, some from really good Catholic writers. So those are mm. my t one, two things. Sister, That's what great. about you? Mm -hmm. Actually, that's interesting because mine was gonna is a book too. And I was thinking of a couple things that so I guess we can have a couple things. But I think one of the best tried and true uh, writings on femininity and womanhood is by Edith Stein and her book on women. Like just her collection of philosophical writings on women is so good. So if you're if you are looking for something that's you know really substantial and that you really want to dig into, and I think and didn't endow also do a study yes. on that. There's study. study on Edith Stein because she's not easy to read. Like there's a lot of personalism yeah. and she's very philosophical, mm -hmm. almost brilliant philosophical. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, Adele does a great study on them without like giving you the meat of her writing and they don't water down anything. I think uh, Sister Prudence Allen wrote that one. So it is good. Really oh, good. Yes. So we had a little discussion about that. I would like to read that. <laughs> I think mm. I'd like to read that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I have uh, another one, but I think I'll save that second one for another time. So there, that's my one thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
He there? Well, my one thing is epic movies. This is the season Ooh. for epic movies in our house. Um, <laughs> but there's some that we've revisited that we haven't seen for a long time. So it's colder outside. You know, it gets dark really early. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, let's watch a movie, especially on the weekend. That's something we like to do as a family. So we revisited Gladiator and Braveheart. And our kids oh, have never seen it. And everybody, obviously, discretion, obviously. These movies are very violent and all of that stuff. And there's certain parts we skip over, blah, blah, blah. But the point of watching them was, one, to have our hearts inspired by these two men in these movies who just chose the good above all. They were willing to suffer mm. for what they believed in. And they were uncompromising in how they went about it. And they were good, you know, especially in Gladiator. He saying strength and honor like over and over again Mm -hmm. and this becomes kind of the motto throughout the movie and I was like wow you just don't see these like amazing um, examples of this on the screen much anymore you know there's often I was just saying to my husband the other day I said you know what I'm my problem with a lot of shows these days is that the hero is always not good like they're they there's yeah. this tragic thing going on in them this conundrum where they're like kind of bad but kind of good and you can't really love them you know you don't really love them you're like you're kind of despicable in some ways but you're mm-hmm. the hero of the story whereas these epic stories I think speak to the bigger story that there is a good worth fighting for, you know, that freedom is worth fighting for. And you put all of these in a spiritual perspective. These movies have brought about some amazing conversations with our kids because we talk Mm -hmm. about the deeper spiritual meaning or what this means as far as character and how they live this out in their own world and in their own lives and what this means in relation to our faith. So I just want to encourage people, find some epic movies to watch um, as adults or ones that are appropriate for you and your children, no matter where you're at. Check out, you know, Lord of the Rings, Narnia, Uh, Like all of those ones that um, we can dive into. They've been tremendously Mm -hmm. beautiful for us. And you were saying, Heather, just as a last thing here, you were saying that you guys had some just really wonderful conversation on your dinner table yeah. on Sunday yeah. night. It's the best. You know, we, yeah, just last night, I've been trying to set aside Sundays to be beautiful and to just make mm-hmm. a little bit more of a special dinner, to set the table a little bit nicer, open a bottle of wine, you know, to just have Sundays be really special in our family. And nobody wanted to leave the table last night. Like nobody <laughs> jumped up to just like get the dishes done and go yeah. on our phones or whatever. We just sat around for a couple of hours. This is the beauty of teenagers. Wow. Gosh, I just, Amen. Yes. <laughs> you can't do this with little people, but no. now that teenagers, they have opinions, they want to hear things, you know, we just got it and everybody was participating in the conversation. It was so awesome. Mm. And they were loving it, like just loving it. And mm. I was riveted at what they had to say, you know, about different topics. And yeah, it's just a really, really beautiful thing. I think there's often people will ask us on the podcast, you know, can you talk about politics and what's going on? And can you talk about this horrible thing that's happening here and there? Yeah, we could talk about it on the podcast, but we have this deep belief, all of us do, mm-hmm. that those conversations are best had around dinner tables, around, you know, mm-hmm. or outside with friends. or in, mm-hmm. And these are the conversations mm-hmm. that even if you have really different opinions about it, that's the best place for that to happen is in person. And, um, yeah, so that's uh, what we, we're going to keep saying. Yeah. <laughs> Have those conversations around mm-hmm. tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen, dear friends. And yes, and we have a warrior mother, right, <laughs> who's with us through through every conversation and through every joy and sorrow of our life. And she loves us. So uh, our heart for you this week is that you meet her and that you uh, let her ask you what, you know, what she can do for you this week and open your heart to her for she's never going to ever leave you when she loves you. So thank you for joining us this week. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you 
so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.